Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to this special, special uh, conversation that we have going on today. Um, I'm Octavian Fulton, and joining us today, we have Derek Anderson Jr., Demetrius Halliburton, and uh, Minister Johns here with us today. So how are you guys doing today? Ain't I'm blessed. Great, great. great. <laughs> Not all at once. <laughs> <laughs> It's great that everybody's doing great. So, you know, my, I myself am doing fantastic. So um, today we wanted to come on today and just have a conversation really about um, the youth um, and really about uh, reaching to the youth and what the youth is really wanting um, today in terms of, you know, uh, the kingdom mandate, what they're looking for and how we can reach them and things of that nature. Um, you know, me, Demetrius, and DJ ourselves are, you know, I guess people would still consider us as youth, you know, I guess we, in comparison to others, we're still youth, so <laughs> sometimes think, they don't feel like it. I think he's calling you old, Pastor John. <laughs> that's, that's hey, it's, a, it's a blessing to get there. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> so, but yeah, we want to have a conversation about reaching the youth um so we can go, go ahead and just you know not waste too much time and get off in this uh anybody want to start off first i mean if not i can i can go ahead and kick us off well i'm very uh excited to be on with you all this morning um pastor cd john's new wine church report louisiana and uh i would like to say that uh it's a very honor to be on with these young brothers this morning and uh what i would like to do is a senior uh find out what is going on in the mind of our young people today uh, when it comes to the kingdom, because in Christianity, we have uh, all types of uh, uh, things that's happening in Christianity. But I want these brothers to be able to uh, give us um, their thought as far as how the kingdom is operating uh, in their mindset and in the atmosphere that they're in. And we could definitely do that. And um, just tackling like what Octavian is saying and, and what Pastor John has elaborated on is really in when it comes to the youth, what we're looking at or, or looking for is what is it that you know is is attracting them because you know you have certain organizations and um certain religions that are are really drawing young people right now i mean and, and you have certain things that are really getting their attention like social media so what is it that is really getting their attention what is it that's uh bringing them into a different area of thinking and if you really look at it you'll see that um things that are that are being effective right now are really political stances uh, one, for example, would be BLM, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter uh, that, you know, uh, with a lot of young people, they well, I say not even just black. You had um, all type of races that really drew, you know, or were drawn towards the BLM movement, because one thing about young people, you they all they want something to fight for. They want something to stand up on and they want something to be able to say, hey, I'm a part of this. I'm a part of change. And the one thing about young people is that. We, and I had to explain this to my parents and some other people, is like, we saw you all grow up. We saw our parents grow up. We saw what you all did. And a lot of young people don't want to do the same thing their parents did. Um, and I was talking to my dad about this. But um, you, you see a lot of um, young people, they job hop. They go from job to job to job to job. They don't stay in just one spot. We saw our parents work in one, at one job for 50 years. So they collect a, um, a 401k and a, a pension and all these things, which, you know, in the long, long term seems good. But what, you know, and I was talking to my wife about this. 
what young people want over stability, they want happiness. They want to be able, like I said, to do something different. They want to be able to change the way that life is already lived. That's why, you know, they want to create a better environment, which they feel is best. So, you know, things like the BLM, that's what, you know, it, it could kind of be seen as what it was doing as far as changing the atmosphere uh, for, um, uh, what should I say, uh, the drawing attention to the killing of black Americans. So with that change, they were trying to implement, you know, a lot of young people uh, went to that, uh, or drew to that. And you had those who were, if you look at MLK or the civil rights movie, you see mainly that were out there were younger people. So that's what it really takes is that if you stay in this same tradition, this same route, they're going the same way, a lot of young people are not gonna be drawn to it because they wanna see change. And that's what the kingdom is all about. The kingdom is all about, it is about bringing change, but it's bringing change in a way that conforms to the king and not to the traditions of man or to what we've seen so many times that a lot of young people turn away from, which is the Christian religion. So um, with the youth, their mindset is all about looking at what's new, what, what's another way of doing things. They don't like going in the same old path. So that's just my take on it. Um, when it comes to reaching the youth, um, I kind of think of it like business. Um, when it, when it comes to business, uh, I'm in the, in the realm of like media content creation and things like that. And, you know, everybody, um, basically out here has a camera nowadays, you know, everybody got an iPhone, everybody got a Samsung. And even from those people, other people probably got like their own Canon cameras and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, when you're starting a business with this, it's like, what makes you different than everybody else like how are you more valuable to me than everybody else who has a camera and in my business we learned that you draw up uh you you become more valuable to people by drawing up cinematic solutions you understand their problems and how you can fix all of their problems with a camera and not just saying like hey um you know i have a camera i could come shoot it for you or you could come to them saying like, hey, you're a plumber. I understand in the plumbing industry, you guys have this and this and this problem. I have a service to where I could come and do this with video and I could solve your problem for you. And it's, I think of that as the same way as I think um, with reaching out to the youth. When I was growing up, a lot of times, like it just, it felt like everybody was so old school. Like you were still preaching from a time where you know, like my uncle grew up in the 60s. It's, it felt like you were preaching from a time like you were still in the 50s. And we're like, man, it's like 2000. Like, you know, you still talking about like courting and pulling up the drive through movies and stuff like that. And it's like, we're like, we, we not doing that anymore. I can't relate to you. Like, it doesn't seem like you can, you're valuable to me because you don't understand the problems that I'm having today. You're really still talking about how stuff was going on back then and knowing now I understand why they were doing that you know when it comes to living born again in the kingdom message you know nothing's really changed you know stuff stay the same it just looks different but kids we get uh younger people we do get caught up in those looks and aesthetics and you know the outside things so we can't really see deeper we couldn't really see deeper into what you were trying to say because on face value it's like you you're not talking about anything like we, I, there's not a drive-through movie theater in the city. Like, what are you talking about? Like we online, you know, 
finding people to talk to and stuff like that. So it just seems like you were, you were invaluable to me because you don't understand like my problems and the things that I'm going through now. So it was just really difficult to attach to the church. And it was so much easier to go attached to people that you found on YouTube and stuff like that, where it's like, if I was having uh, problems with a girlfriend I had, I could easily go and type in YouTube and be like, why do women act like this? And somebody would come up and they would explain it to me in, in times like today. And they would get a, uh, make a follower out of me more than the church would, because it just seemed like they understood me more than the church. And that's really one thing that I know that really makes the youth really not want to go because when you think of church you immediately think of religion you really think of like old folks telling you you're wrong for having sex before marriage you know they trying to make you you know keep all your clothes on and all these other things that people think about uh religious people and it's because like really a lot of them they're not really like meeting the kids where they are uh, meeting the youth where they are and talking to them and really showing that they understand what we're going through today even though it's the same thing that was going on back then it's really not like really shown that you can really like understand today like you know um if I went up to my um my uncle's a, a pastor but if you went up talking to him about like how online dating works he, he just wouldn't understand like he doesn't get it so it's like how would I receive information from you about how to live my life when you have no idea how, anything that's going on in my life today. So um, next thing, you know, you, like I say, you're linking with other people who, you know, are not of the kingdom, but at the same time, you feel like they understand my plight more than the church would. So that's, that's one thing for me that I really feel like um, really, really, if, if the, the, I don't want to say the church, but if <laughs> people who are born again, you know, ministers, pastors, or whoever, if they could really like understood, understand what the kids, and that, you know, a lot of that really falls on like um, us too, is like people who, younger people who are born again, because we understand and us having like the kingdom message and stuff like that. Because I know for me, when I uh, came into the church, when I came into the ministry, I'm trying not to say church, when I came into the ministry of empowerment of faith, um what led me to go was like dj i knew him and he was my age so i'm like if dj is there okay i could go there and really what captured me is like i had this experience and when i went to uh the ministry pastor was talking about that experience and i was like oh okay so I, i'm i have to be i must supposed to be here but originally that was dj that brought me there you know it wasn't like um uh, you know, any ministry teaching in my mind, I was just like, I could figure this stuff out on my own. You know, I'm, I'm going to church and pastors doing sermons on, you know, taking the trash out. And I'm like, if you go talk about that, I could just read the scripture for myself, you know? So um, it, it's also going to take young ambassadors also to go out and reach to the youth because they can be the ones that can understand um, the plight of the youth and really like cater it to the kingdom message. So I'll, uh, I'll take a break and give it to somebody else. <laughs> so you take a break. Oh <laughs> uh, well, that, those are some good points. Um, and I was—I'm just going to consolidate basically what my brothers just talked about. Um, but we talk about how we can uh, influence the youth. And me being a part, we are young. When we get finished talking, we still—we still a young generation. 
Um, and so we're we're going to be tossed up a ton at some point, some certain point. And the way things are going right now, uh, we're going to pass down traditions and things that don't cause the word to be effective, or are we going to pass down the kingdom, a new way of thinking? So I, I, when I when you guys were talking, I thought about three major points because we're trying we're trying to come up with a solution to how to uh, how to reach the youth. Um, but these these three points that I thought just from the top of my head, and then also these three points are also not being implemented in a lot of the ministries that you see today. And I think that's one of the things that uh, weighs young people away from coming to to the ministry or religion, really. So uh, one of them I, uh, I wrote them down was influence. We talk about influence as far as Yeshua, how he operated, because when he came in the earth, he came with a different way of, uh, of living. He came with a different mindset. And so if you study Yeshua, you'll get to the root of it. Most of his, the followers that were coming to him and those scholars that were coming to him were coming by way of influence. So a lot of young people today, and I grew up in a, in a, a low income neighborhood. Uh, I, I stayed in Raleigh, just uh, the inner city in, in Memphis. And I grew up in a, in a poor neighborhood. So it was poverty stricken, it was gang infested, and it really wasn't a lot to do there. But what we understand and is that a lot of those children didn't grow up with fathers, first of all. And then also the surroundings, so their environment was conducive to what was there. But what took the place of fathers being there, because we know fathers are sources, they're there for, to expand a nation, but because influence, we didn't have that influence, something else took a substitute. And that was like hip hop music and music and gangs and things like that. They came in. So that's one of the points, influence. And then integrity. And we know integrity is, is intertwined with holiness. And it just means being the same all the time. And one thing for me, I grew up in, a, uh, I was in a ministry uh, that you would see people talking about stuff. And this was all throughout experiencing uh, a lot of ministries. You would see people talk about living a righteous lifestyle, doing things, being holy, being one way, da, 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 da. But when they leave, they go out and smoke a cigarette or they go call, I know they married, they go call their girlfriend or they go meet some other woman across town. And because of that, that turned a lot of young people off because they see one thing in, in the ministry, but a lot of pastors are preaching totally opposite of how they live. And so that's one of the things that turns off the youth. They want some consistency and, and it's not being shown in a lot of ministries. And then lastly, by way of influence and integrity, we all look for another lifestyle. And the, that's why we see a lot of young people, they'll turn away from Christianity, which is a good thing because Yeshua didn't come in the earth to spread Christianity. He came in the earth to spread the kingdom of heaven, the message of the kingdom of heaven, which is totally opposed it's totally opposite of what Christianity is. So by way of knowledge, a lot of young people are getting exposed to, uh, they, they're, getting, they're getting exposed to history. They're getting exposed to the root cause of why Christianity came up. And when they, when they hear that, it turns them off. Plus the people in the ministry 
are not one way. They're two different people. It's two different lifestyles. And then the influence is not there. And so they're turning away from it, but which is a good thing because when you, because I've noticed that when I talk to other people that don't really, they, they turn away from Christianity, it's easier to get the kingdom message over to them because they uprooted some, some of those, some of those strongholds that Christian or religion puts on the mindset. So for, I believe that, you know, because of that, it turns the youth off. And so with us, we have to make sure that as ambassadors, young ambassadors, what we're doing is we're trying to make sure that we not just talking, but we live in it. And also we're doing it with one way around. So when you see me versus when you see me on whatever social media platform we're on, that I'm the same. And then the lifestyle that I live is totally against what you see in, in the world. So that's kind of some of the things that I know for sure, some things that turn me off from religion. And then I was able to quickly connect to the kingdom message. So that's kind of some of the things that I was thinking about when we talked about this uh, topic. Amen. Um, I'm so uh, glad to hear you powerful brother speaking from your point of view as, as uh, young men, as far as what you see uh, that is going on. My question is that how can you all uh, get the younger generation that's already in a Christian church or in a religious atmosphere to be able to look towards the kingdom, uh, what would be some of the things that, uh, that would draw them towards the kingdom and living that life of Christianity and uh, religion? Uh, some of them have grown up in different denominations or non-denomination churches where their parents forced them to go, forced them to go to church or either when they came to church, everything was so uh, dot the I across the T and uh, et cetera. So how can you all uh, uh, influence these young people that's in tradition and denominationism uh, to be able to see what the kingdom is like? It really depends on the state of that person. Um, I know for me, when I was growing up um, in um, religious atmospheres, I was one of the ones that was at a state to where it's like, I could kind of like, I could see that there, this was not right. I had a, a family members who was in the church you know it's it's clubbing saturday night and praising on sunday morning so i in my mind i was already looking like something right about this which uh eventually led me to like transition to go into another denomination um but there are others who are just happy in their religion like i could do what i want and go to heaven anyway like you know um, sounds like a good deal to me so, you know, it really depends on uh, the person for someone who already sees like the flaws and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, easier with them, you know, just really be that light when they, when you talk to them, you know, have answers for what they say. That's why it's really important as a ambassador, you are studying because you need to be able to give answers for what people are going to ask you. Uh, but for those who kind of already happy in it, I mean, it's, it's going to be a longer process. Um, it's going to be, you know, slowly doing it and not trying to hurry up and snatch somebody out of what they're doing. Right. Um, because they're at, if you try to do that, they're just going to, you know, they're going to fight harder uh, to get out of there because they're happy being there. So it's, it's more so um, which tactic you want to take to make sure, uh, having the wisdom to understand which tactic to use on which person. Um, I know for me, when DJ came to me, um, it really wasn't 
too much of a, a fight for to get me to, you know, really come to the mid. Well, he might tell you otherwise. I don't, I don't think it was that hard for me. But, uh, you know, I, but I have some people that I speak to that I can, I understand, like, this this is not a person that I'm going to get this in them in, like, two months. It's going to take, like, you know, some time, some building, like, truth layer on truth layer on truth layer, them recognizing one day they're like, you know, he was talking to me about this stuff the whole time. You know, there's people that I go and I can literally show you right here. This thing says Christmas was made up by a government and religious organization. And they're like, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my Christmas anyhow. So, you know, it really depends on the person and, you know, knowing that person, they'll tell you which tactic to take. But I guess my number one answer would just be patience, patience with people, you know. Mm-hmm. I know Octavian talked about his experience. I know for me, I grew up, well, we all grew up in um, church. I'll say that because um, for me, I actually enjoyed it, like the religion. And when I decided to get born again for real, um, I, w- I mean, I was all here for it. I had, you know, gave up my life. I, you know, I was speaking to the father and uh, what should I, I shouldn't say speaking. I say receiving from the father. And, you know, I was seeing visions and different things and I would find them in scripture. I was like, whoa, you know, like Elohim is real. Like, you know, I never expected any of this. And then what really got me was like uh, my prayer life. I developed a strong prayer life because one thing that my mother always taught me was to, and I don't talk about this a lot, but, you know, she always taught me to, to know Elohim for myself. And, you know, she was saying God. But I saw her prayer life and I saw my mom pray and things would happen. And I was like, what is this? And so that was a big influence for me. But, you know, I was still in that uh, Christian uh, religion. And so um, one thing that really just stuck with me was that, you know, I need to to know the father for myself. So when I would be in prayer, I would receive different things. Like, I don't know if people believe me when I say this, but um, the Holy Spirit showed me like, you know, you'll be dealing with the Hebrew. You know, he showed me that, you know, you'll you need to study history. And, I you know, looking at all these things and now I'm connected to a pastor that's doing everything that the Holy Spirit showed me. And uh, the thing that really just brought me out of that religion um, was that I really I was in it and it, I had so many questions. And, you know, I was just like, well, you know, I was asking people in the church and they was like, well, you know, it don't matter. Just just read the Bible. You know, the, the answers that they were giving me, it wasn't enough. And who really um, helped me get out was two people. Uh, one was my wife. My wife, uh, she grew up uh, not really going to church, but she went to like, you know, that's the thing about these mass churches, but she went <laughs> to one of the mega churches. That's what I mean. Went to one to these mega churches and she said she didn't really learn anything. So when we both got born again, we got born again around the same time. And, you know, we were married, a, a new family. And um, she was asking questions because we were going to the church I grew up in. And she was like, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what about, she questioned so much and nobody could give her answer. I definitely couldn't give her answer. And she made me think, rethink a lot of things. And so then um, she was friends with Demetrius' wife. And uh, that's how we got connected to empowerment of faith. But what really pushed me to go there was um, the Holy Spirit told me, you know, lean not to my own understanding. And that was when, um, Demetrius texted me and Demetrius was telling me that I need to be under somebody. And that was something else that I wanted to bring up about the youth is that one of the problems of the youth is, is you know, humility. A lot of youth are not, are not humble. And so what it is, you know, when Demetrius sent me that, I said, okay, father, I'm, I'm gonna listen to you. And, um, it was really, um, like I said, with my wife and then, you know, Demetrius, Demetrius was talking to me too, but really getting under a leader that could shepherd me. 
somebody that, that could groom me to be um, an ambassador. And that was what I really needed. And even though I didn't know I needed it, because, you know, I was, all, like I say, all in the Christian faith, but with that humility, I was willing to listen to the Father, listen to the Holy Spirit. And um, I put my, I submitted to him. So everything that he brought me through, because when I was listening to Dr. Larry, you know, he'll tell you that I was just sitting there and, <laughs> and just watching and stuff like that. But I didn't, I had never heard anything that he was teaching before. Like I, you know, where's this message coming from? Where are you getting this from? I don't see this in the Bible. And people were telling me that when they would come here and they would say, well, what he's saying ain't in the Bible. But I'm like, I know what the Holy Spirit is telling me. And I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. So that's what really, I mean, drew me to the kingdom message was just really uh, submitting. And, you know, I, I decided to give up my life completely. I wasn't trying to uh, just be happy or have fun. You know, I, I really said I'm giving up my life to live how the father wants me to live. And um, that was when I not only saw purpose, but I saw, you know, I, I was drawn to uh, Dr. Larry. I was drawn to uh, empowerment of faith. And so it, and it gave me the tools that I needed in order to complete the, uh, the vision that is, you know, for my life. And that was the thing for me. Um, and a lot of younger people, you, you know, like Octavian said, it's really, the, you know, it's, it's different for different people. And, and like I say, our stories are similar because we um, we are all, what's it up? I mean, we are all around the same age, but we also have um, a need. And so once, um, I can't remember, one of y'all talked about it. I tell you, talked about the needs being met. So that's what it was, was really like, you know, a lot of, and I've talked to Pastor John's about this, but a lot of young people just want purpose. And you know, that that's like, that's the greatest human need. Yeah. Well, Pastor John, I'm, uh, I appreciate you coming on and asking those questions because it, it provokes our thinking on ways um, to bring more youth to the ministry. But what I'm finding out, just learning the kingdom message and the way that we, like our mindsets have been totally uh retrained to think only kingdom and so now i say that it's a little more easier uh, on approach because we got to think about it like this and i like to th think of things very simple uh, or simplistic is that young people are hearing the same thing throughout a lot of ministries so the number one thing when someone wants you to come to their ministry it's like oh this is the ministry you need to come to we we you know it's, it's it ain't like the other ministries that's the first thing everybody says. And so young people already have a training in their brain now. Yeah, everybody say that, you know, but you're probably doing the same thing. So it's not a one answer type, you know, thing like, hey, come to our ministry, you're going to be changed. Everybody know that, you know, that they can go to somewhere and it, it may be different from when they're at, but what is it really going to do for me? And so I would say, and this is from just an experience, because even talking with DJ, because he brought this to my memory, because I remember I didn't really remember talking to you about it, but now I do. Um, but it was a continuous process. So one thing again is influence. Young people they see somebody living a whole different lifestyle. They're like, hold on, they they kind of different. They're not doing the same thing everybody else is doing. Let me kind of let me kind of follow them a little bit, and then they get to a point where okay, okay, I see they they're not at you know they're not celebrating this, they're not doing that. And then they speaking up, so they being they 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 reflecting holiness or integrity. They being the same one time around the, the whole border, so they see us posting on social media because that's really big right now. That's that's what's touching the youth is social media, because we got people on TikTok, which I don't have, but it's it's a big thing right now. 
you know, Instagram, Facebook, and all those different uh, social media platforms. So that's where we're reaching them at. But the, when they see us, they need to see ambassadors. They don't need to see someone that's just like them. Because one thing for me, when people used to talk to me about stuff, I'm thinking, uh, you just met me at the same place that I'm at. So why should I listen to you and you doing the same thing that I'm doing? So I would say one of the biggest things is influence. And then we have to retrain because we're still uprooting a lot of uh, religion that was just taught to us. You know, like you said, Pastor John was, you know, our parents taught us just to go to church and just to be there. And I would be there from 7 a.m. and then we'll go home, eat, eat uh, lunch, and then come back to the evening service. And I can tell you, I still didn't, I still didn't receive any wisdom. It was, uh, it was most, of the, <laughs> most of the ministries I was a part of, they sung the most of the time. So you probably sung from 7 a.m. all the way to 3 p.m., and then 3, 3 p.m. to 3.15, you get a little bit of word. And so that little word, you got to try to dissect because it, it was more in tune with the music than what the Holy Spirit was saying. And then also um, that religious spirit is so heavy that just like Minister Octavian was saying, you can tell someone, you can show them right there. You, even t you can even show them in scripture certain things and they'll still say, no, nah, that I, you know, that don't make sense. You know, I'm still going to do what I want to do. So the mind has to be transformed as well because the scripture teaches us that everybody uh, is supposed to be saved. Then they're supposed to get the knowledge of the truth. And I think a lot of ministries fail with the, the, the additional part. They get everyone saved because a lot of ministries that I've been a part of, it's always, we need to save a soul. We need to save a soul. If, if all we can do is save a soul, but once we save the soul, this is where young people are falling off because they're saying, okay, now how do I live? So when poverty tries to come and, you know, come in my life, how am I going to, how am I going to think towards it? How am I going to get rid of it? Or when something happens in the, and someone died in my family or something happened to me physically, how am I supposed to deal with it? And those answers that they need, they don't get. They just say, you just believe the Bible and whatever the Bible says, you just do it. And, <laughs> and that's what they do. So, you know, for that, I believe that, I truly believe that the kingdom message has to be taught to a person that is willing to hear. They have to have a, an inclination to hear first because you just can't save them and think it's just, it just stops there. It's, it's a continuous process, but so... Uh, one of the, I would say one of the solutions for us was the six stages of conformity that uh, Dr. Larry teaches about. And anybody listening to the social media can go to EOF's KC page and listen to it. But basically what it gets down to is we always track every thought. Every thought that we have has to be captivated and traced all the way down to the source. And if the source is contaminated, then the lifestyle is going to be contaminated. Everything from that, lifestyle, from that beginning thought. Cause you're going to get convictions off of stuff that's darkness. And then you're going to, by way, have a lifestyle that is the same. So we have to challenge young people, which they like to do. We got knowledge at our fingertips, but um, being able to help them trace that thought back. And then once they see it, we planted the seed. We may not water it, but we planted the seed. Or like DJ said, someone may call you six months down the line and say, you said something about this. 
Can you tell me more about it? And then that's when the door opens. And then they have to be shepherded by a, a teacher that's going to feed them and get them to that point where they can become a disciple. Because we got to, at the end result, we, we're trying to become disciples so that we can disperse out the kingdom message. So that's kind of some of the things that I believe that's going to touch the youth today. Let me give a shout out to uh, your pastor, Pastor uh, Dr. Larry Smith, uh, who I see have done a marvelous job in uh, mentoring you brothers. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to him for a great job to have young men that's so astute and intelligent uh, as you all have been uh, on today. Uh, I, have a, I have a question. Uh, when it comes to peer pressure, we're living uh, in a time of this pandemic where everything is just almost uh, closed down. And uh, we know that the brick and mortar, which is the building, the church is closed. And so uh, a lot of young people uh, are probably wondering now since uh, religious people as far as Christianity wise, uh, that we can't go to church. So uh, what can we, uh, how, how can you all suggest something uh, with this group of, uh, of youth or young people that was used to going to church, to a building and um, some way <clears throat> that are gravitating towards knowledge, but doing the, uh, getting wrong information. Uh, I've experienced that some of the young people are gravitating towards Egyptology, uh, a, a teaching uh, that's deceiving a whole lot of people uh, with that. So uh, let me get some response on that. One reason I can say a lot of people are going to um, Egyptology, Pan-Africanism um, and all that other stuff is because they giving out answers uh, to questions that people are having. Um, you know, a lot of people wondering like, why are black people in the state that we're in now? Why does it seem like I'm being pushed on, you know, this white man's religion? and all that other stuff. And then they come with answers, you know, the Pan-Africans Pan and, you know, all these other people come up and tell you like, you were taken here from, uh, you were taken from your homeland of Africa, brought here into slavery. You were given Christianity by the white man because that was started in Rome. And then they'll give you all the facts and lay it out. And you just like, oh my goodness. Like when I was, when I went to the pastor down the street, he just told me it don't matter. Just believe in uh, Jesus, you know, let's come and hoop and holler on church and, you know, you'll be good for the rest of your life. And even the young sitting there just like, you know, if it was all about singing and dancing, I would have got healed in the club then, you know? So, you know, they, they're really giving out answers, but, um, you know, when it comes to like transitioning from like brick and mortar to live, you know, I wouldn't necessarily think it would probably be a lot of young folks who probably didn't really like that transition too much since, you know, a lot of things are live nowadays and a lot of people are used to getting digital media and stuff like that. But it is kind of like, um, you know, easy for to get caught up in, you know, the different teachings and things like that when you're out. And that's why it's important for, uh, I don't know why it took so long for like ministries and stuff like that to start transitioning into, into doing stuff live, doing stuff on YouTube and stuff like that. Because you like, that's another thing of having to meet the youth where they are, because that's where they were. And, you know, um, a lot of these other, you know, religions and denominations, they were putting their stuff out on these platforms. And that's how people were grabbing on to them. So it seems like we're trying to play catch up um, you know, to what these um, other people or institutions or religions are doing. So um, hopefully we can, you know, well, we will, you know, uh, catch up and get our messages out there and like uh, Empowerment of Faith is doing it. Um, 
you know, weekly, twice a week going live and, you know, giving out messages and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's really much, uh, really it because, you know, I, you know, when DJ was working with me, I was really following in the Pan-Africanism and, you know, Dr. Umar Johnson and all that other stuff. And it was just because he was answering a lot of questions that I had, you know, like, that's one thing that, um, you know, ambassadors, we really need to uh, start doing is just having answers because young people will ask you questions, you know, they will ask, they want to know, you know, I remember one time a guy, I was out um, with him and we were going to the store and he was just like, I was talking to him about scripture and he was just like, you read that stuff? Like, isn't there like, you know, some in there, like the book of Job where like God took everything the man had, killed his family and everything. And, you know, I was like, you know, he got all that back, like, you know, sevenfold and stuff by the end of it. Like the father didn't take nothing from him. And he was like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, but if I had never studied, I could, I wouldn't have been able to say anything. And just from that one conversation, I was able to like, you know, break a wall down that he had against, you know, coming into the kingdom or, you know, really studying into, you know, scripture and stuff like that. So, you know, and you know, this being live is a great thing because, you know, like I, like I said before, you could easily go on YouTube and type like, why is something like this? So how is something like that? And it's great that the kingdom message is going to pop up because they have questions. You know, um, I remember one time a guy was asking me about marriage and I was telling them, I was like, you know, uh, marriage can be difficult if you have two people with two different mindsets, two different backgrounds, and y'all trying to walk in the same direction with family. I was like, you know, that's why, you know, it's really important that you guys have like a solid background and you believe in the same thing so you can walk in the same direction. And he was like, you know, my wife is uh, West Indian, so she comes from a different culture. And so he asked me, he was like, well, you're from here, but your wife is West Indian. Don't y'all have like two different, you know, cultural backgrounds and foundations? So how y'all do y'all marriage? And I was like, well, at the end of the day, like, the kingdom culture comes before our culture. That's, you know, when I was able to slip it in there, <laughs> I was like, the kingdom culture comes before each one of our cultures. So at the end of the day, no matter what my culture said, no matter what her culture says, at the end of the day, we're going to walk in what the father says. And he was like, oh, so that's how it works. So, you know, now that's like seeds planting to where if something comes up in his life one day, he could come back and be like, hey, didn't you say this? Or I want to know more about that. So. I could uh, give it over to somebody else. <laughs> and that was really good. Um, I don't know if me and Demetrius got much after that. <laughs> Never mind, Demetrius a pastor. Really? Um, no, <laughs> um, but one thing I was going to say, what really, a tool that you can use in order to, to draw young people, um, especially coming out of the uh, the Christian church, is... Um, like I even said, it's questions. Like I said about my wife, my wife had a bunch of questions that religion wasn't able to answer. And then, you know, I sit down and talk to, you know, we sit down and talk to Dr. Larry who studied the scriptures and he's saying this, this, and this. And then, you know, even before he's teaching messages, sometimes me and my wife would be talking about the very subject that he's teaching on, you know, we'll receive from it. And it's like, you know, we'll, I get certain revelations that I've never received being in um, a Christian church, and then he'll say the same exact thing. I'm like, man, like this, you know, this is the Holy Spirit flowing, and and that's the thing, you know, when, when the 
we know that the, the word of truth and the spirit of truth, they're supposed to be in agreement. So when stuff like that happened, that was like, man, you know, this can't be nothing but Elohim. Um, and really, that's what, you know, young people need. But it's kind of hard for them to get those answers because they, they hear something. I don't know who said it, but about church and, you know, that they turn they, they turn away from it. But uh, those that are looking to change, looking to conform, one thing that we can do because because they have questions and I used to do this a lot, um, discussion groups or, you know, many people call them life groups, but you, you bring them on, you know, it doesn't have to be recorded, but you, you allow them to ask questions and you talk to them. It's a great way to uh, not only spread the kingdom message, but it, it's a great way, like Octavian said, to plant those seeds, because what you're doing is you're giving them uh, a way to present their ideas and you learn so much from people like what people really believe and the thing that it really taught me when I was doing discussion groups or even I you know I'll be driving and if I'm not praying if I'm not um talking to you know family you know sometimes I just call people I know and I talk to them to see how they doing check up on them and different things and that's when they you know they open up because it shows that I cared so to, to give them that platform to say hey I care I want to know what you think I want to know what you believe um you're showing that you know Shayo um Shayo Paul talked about it um about meeting the need um, and, and that was one thing that he would do was like he would listen to them speak and then he would teach the kingdom message. So um, when, when I do this, I hear so much and where people belief system come from. And you learn that a lot of what they believe comes from uh, television, like <laughs> what they watch is defining uh, what they believe and who they are. And, you, you know, you see a lot of fan bases, you know, when it comes to cosplay uh, and people dressing up in these different characters and acting like them and stuff like that. That's because they're using uh, escapism um, to, well, I don't know if you call it escaping, but, but they're escaping from this world because they don't like it. And they're living in um, like a, a virtual reality. That's what they put their minds in when they watch an anime. That's why, you know, it's full of so many episodes. And I've talked about this before, just how, the, you know, it captivates them. And it's like, well, their life is good. Look at how life works for them. I wish life was like this. And it's like, they want that idea of a better life. But the thing that's giving it to them is television. And um, that's what we have a, a lot of uh, now today. That's why anime is so popular, especially with our generation, because, you know, we kind of grew up watching it and you have adults who still watch it, who still, you know, just, just are so engulfed in it and, and want to stay. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what I mean, Octavian. But but they want to, uh, they, they don't separate uh, real life from uh, a child show. And so um, that's what really is, is, you know, getting to them. And then you have those who are more serious about life and, and especially the black people, they're sticking with, um, like I even said, the Pan-Africans, the hotels and, and Egyptology, because it's answering questions. It's um, showing them who they are. And that's what uh, a lot of black people miss. And I don't know if, and I'll say this, if um, like white Christians really understand that, you know, black people never had anything attached themselves to as far as culture. So that's why they gravitate towards this saying, you know, you know, you came from Africa. This is a specific region you came out of. This is who you were in Africa. This is this, this and this. And then with black people, the only thing, you know, we've ever known in America is eat fried chicken, uh, listen to hip hop and um, put rims on your car. And that's what the culture, you know, black, well, you know, they pushed on us, but black people uh, kind of created for themselves in America. So with that being said, it, 
what it's going to take for, you know, kingdom ambassadors is like I even said to have um, be ready to give, explain the message of the kingdom and uh, the knowledge that it possesses for your life. So that way you can live a better life and be um, ready to, uh, what should I say? Um, no, I retract that statement. So you can live a better life and have a better life because, you know, Christianity is all about uh, getting saved, dying, going to heaven. The kingdom message is about bringing heaven on earth. And so many people, especially uh, black people, you know, we only thing we ever had, uh, you know, before, uh, what should I say, the... I can't even think of a sign, but black, <laughs> black people in America have always lived a hard life compared to uh, other races because, you know, we didn't receive uh, reparations was one every, you know, Japanese got reparations, the um, who else got them, Jews got reparations, Native Americans got rep reparations, you even had uh, white Americans who got reparations when they lost their slaves. So you, <laughs> the thing is, is that black people, and, and I'm not equating um, a successful life to money. But what I'm saying is that it helps with uh, the conditions because we know that money is a tool that, is, you know, is seen as a resource. And that's why, you know, Black people had the, the, the worst conditions in schools. I mean, we still have the, the worst living conditions in America. Uh, in Memphis, the city is about 90% Black, 10% White. But uh, no, I'm sorry, that's business. Uh, Memphis is 63% Black. And um, what is that? Uh, 43%, no, 47% white. And, but most of the businesses in, um, in uh, Memphis are, it's 90% white and white owned, let me say that. And then the uh, businesses for black people is, is, is 10%. So it's like, even though majority of the city is black, all the wealth or the money is given to another uh, race. And, you know, some people say, well, that's because, um, you know, uh, black people, you know, they'll say that we lazy or they'll say we did. So we say, say we that, uh, you know, we don't deserve it. Some people will say, and they'll say it's because, you know, some people get political and talk about the liberals and democratic party to blame and yada, yada, yada. But the, the real uh, issue is how America treated black people. And so why would black people, as Octavian said, when it, people bring up this Egyptology and all these other different uh, ways of thinking or religions, why would they come to a religion that uh, condone slavery? Why would they come to a religion that even though these folks were going to church every Sunday, at the end of service, they were standing around lynching black folks. So why would I go to a religion that was killing me? You know, so uh, that's my take on it. Yeah, uh, Octavian and Minister EJ, they, they did a good job explaining it. Um, I think the biggest thing is when you talk about uh, those different uh, pan-Africanism and the things like that, number one, like you said, Minister Octavian, is that it's giving answers to a lot of questions that young people are having. And also, and I'm speaking for the Black community, Black Americans, Native Black Americans, uh, in the in this um, in this, uh, in the United States. So, um, they, they understand that they want to know more about themselves. They want to know about the history of themselves. And I think that's why this pan-Africanism and, and, uh, and the other long words you said, Egypt, toxicity, whatever it is, <laughs> they, they go into those, into those, I would say a religion. And I think that's what people, they'll drop from one religion and then go to another religion. And the mindset still is, con is, is conformed to their religion. 
But what one thing that a lot of them are getting right is they're linking us back up to history. And we're, we're learning more about us because a lot of the history in the United States was taught we were just slaves and that, that was it. But it, we had a whole different lifestyle way before then. I mean, you came and took doctors and, you know, scientists and all types of people and, and conformed them to your culture. You conformed them to your lifestyle. And then this is where a lot of people break off from Christianity because we have to we have to make the, a distinction that Christianity is not the kingdom message. It's two totally different things. So for young people to understand that when you take when you uproot religion and Christianity, you uproot in that system, which is good. But then you got to replace it with a, a, a system or a, another government, I would say, another culture and not another religion. And that's where the issue is coming in in that part. But all in all, to say that it's when they made them took those prisoners of war here and, and conformed to that, they also gave them religion. They gave them the Bible and they, and they twisted it to conform to their agenda. And a lot of people are seeing that and they throw the whole baby with the bathwater off a cliff. <laughs> and just get rid of it totally but that's not the king they get rid of the kingdom too and so with young people again with influence and being able to answer those questions because we didn't get them in, when we went to these mini a lot of ministries we didn't get those uh, answers to those questions those deep questions that we needed answers to and it turned it turned a lot of people off so i would say again to just to to uproot religion once young, when young people see that you now have this religious spirit and this religion all around you and just you're, you're just totally different than than just the, the normal Christian, then they'll be more opposed to listening. And when you give answers, they can understand it because it's going to put puzzle pieces together. And then you have to uh, dissect what is true and what is the truth because the, the truth is the original. It comes from a pure source. Some things can be true, but it could come from a source that is not, is darkness. And so a lot of people have to understand and be able to distinct those two, you know, differentiate those two from each other. And then by that way, giving them the kingdom, they'll see, because not saying that the Pan-Africanism, some of the stuff that they, they, they're teaching, they got some of it right. They got some of it right, but it still has to be connected to a source. And I think that's what the issue when people start going into those other religions, when you start talking to them and questioning them about the source, you know, trying to get to that original thought, they usually can't give you an explanation either. Because I was talking to a guy that was practicing Buddhism, and he was talking about uh, when he when you die, you know, you'll come into another animal, and you'll live if you if you live good and you did right all your life, then you'll come into you'll be another animal. And he's like, hopefully you're a good animal or something like that. And I was like, okay. And then being able to listen and try to get that thought. Not saying are you wrong and you're going to hell. No, that's not the purpose. We're trying to disperse knowledge from the kingdom. So being able to connect that thought, grab that thought, we captivate it. And then we, we track it down to the source. And after we track it down to the source, they'll be able to see, I don't know what point that is, but they'll be able to see some of them can just subtract it then. And then some of them, it takes years. And then they come back to it and say, you know what? DJ said something about this, and it makes sense now. So let me connect back with him. And then that's where it comes, because it just won't be one. I can't tell you an answer, then you just, your whole lifestyle change, because you just conducive to that environment. 
So I believe that that is one of the biggest things um, why a lot of youth is going to those different, I would say, other religions. And that's powerful what you brother just got to saying. Wow, great. I have one more uh, last question that I want to ask. Uh, when I grew up, uh, we always had role models and uh, was always uh, reading history about somebody else. But as a pastor and dealing with the youth, uh, there seems to be an identity uh, crisis where uh, they don't know who they are, what their destiny is, and their purpose. And so can somebody uh, elaborate on identity, because we have an identity crisis, you know, as far as black people, we've been uh, Negroes, colored folks, African-Americans, black people, and so on. So we have, we've been an ethnic group of people that have not had a, a uh, direct, uh, should I say, permanent identity. So let's right. talk about that. Uh, before I speak on that, I wanted to hit on what you said, Demetrius, when somebody was telling you about, you know, them being Buddhist and they was explaining uh, the religion to you. I had somebody, he had wrote a whole book and everything about this like religion that he believed in. And I forgot the name of it. So one day I, I just got interested. I was like, you know what, man, just give me your whole spiel. Tell me about your religion. So he went on explaining it to me, explaining it to me. And after a while, he got to the end of listening to him. So I was like, so you've explained all that. What am I supposed to be doing today? Like, how does hearing all that help me understand what I'm supposed to be doing with my life right now? And he was just like, I don't know. And I was like, you really focus so much into this, believe in this. I'm, I mean, talking about like, you know, um, these alien guys in outer space were like going to war, killing each other. Humans come from splicing DNA with different creatures and stuff like that. Like he, he could get all that. But when it came to like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? He was just like, I don't know. Like, we're just here waiting for something to happen. And I was like, that's like, there's really no hope in your religion. It just sounds like you're just, you know, like you're just following a Star Wars film or something. I don't know. But uh, so you have people out here who's like really teaching other people and stuff, their uh, religions and really giving people like no answers and stuff. And people are actually, you know, flowing with it. So we really have to make sure that we're teaching people. But when it comes to like identity crisis, um, you know, this is, this is an area that I really like dealing with because I'm such a big purpose person on purpose, um, knowing your purpose and knowing like um, who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. Um, Miles Monroe was somebody that uh, before I, I met with Pastor, I was really listening to his message, and he's the one who really got me on in this about um, you know you can never really truly know a product um, the way that you're supposed to unless you go back to the the manufacturer. So uh, I usually always tell people like, I'll just break down like a, a, a scenario to them. Like, let's just say you're walking outside and you, you find this random electronic gadget and you have no idea what it is, but you look on the back of it and you, and you see it just says like some random name, it has some random logo. Like if you wanted to know, if you wanted to know who, uh, what this gadget was, you would literally go to the internet and literally type in this name or whatever it is that you found on the back of this gadget because everyone who makes a project, they put their logo or their, their stamp or their image on it to let you know I was the one who created this. Just like when we have phones or any other device you have, they put their name on it. So you go and you research this project, this product um, from the person who created it. And that principle goes everywhere. And you know, I would break down like, 
the person who tells you the uh the purpose of uh, of a product is who made it so the person who made a vacuum cleaner told you what the, a vacuum cleaner is for a person who made a screwdriver told you what it was for like yeah we you know take things and use them in different ways sometimes you know we're not supposed to but at the end of the day it's technically abuse because that's not what it was created for you know you use it in the way that it was created and i break down all that just to say it's the same thing with human beings the way you figure out who you are what you're created to do and where you're going what you're meant to be doing while you're here is you have to go back to who created you who created you and put purpose in you and you know um manufactured you that's how you go and figure out who you are and and you can get rid of this identity crisis of not knowing who i am what i'm supposed to do why am i here because I felt like that for a long time of just, you know, being a person growing up, I really didn't feel like I was gifted a lot. Like I, you could obviously see like other people's gifts growing up. Like some people good at football, basketball, some people could sing, some people could do this, some people could do that. But mine just wasn't so obvious like that. So I went around a lot just feeling like I didn't have a purpose. Like, you know, there's nothing I'm good at. I'm just, I'm just here existing. So when I finally figured out about the kingdom message and pastor was teaching about purpose, I, I clenched on to that, like, you know, hard because I was like, I've been wanting to know my purpose for forever. So um, that's how you really have to teach people just really understanding these, these principles of where people are saying, like, I don't know my purpose. Like, well, you really need to know what purpose is and how, who creates purpose and how do you find purpose? Um, and that's why I always, you know, I understand so much why Yeshua used parables, you know, because parables really helps God instead of like forcing somebody to like get the message. Parables is you basically giving them the will and they, you know, steering themselves that way and they can understand it for themselves. You know, Yeshua also used it to like, you know, hide stuff from people because, you know, he can't he can force it on you. Uh, scripture tells us that. But parables really help you, you know, really get there yourself. You know, you really see it. You think about it. You figure it out. And then the illumination comes to you. So uh, that's what we really have to do. And it goes back to making sure that us as ambassadors, we know that, too, so that we can give it to other people, because people really want to know that purpose, especially men, you know. Men want to know, men like, men really can't stand like, you know, looking at themselves and really just feeling like I'm not doing nothing. Like I'm just in this rat race, just like everybody else. Like, you know, clock in, clock out, you know, go home, do whatever, wake up the next day, we doing the same thing again, you know? And it's like DJ said, a lot of us uh, young people, we really didn't want to be like that, you know? Uh, I, I knew men in my family would tell you like, you need to be like me, you know, work at the, I've been working at this job for like 35 years. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> It, it, it didn't seem appealing. So, um, but yeah, um, really understanding purpose and really being able to break down to someone how you find purpose and where purpose comes from will help people really break that identity crisis. So that's my answer. I think the most important thing is we're just trained like this now. It's hard to give a simple answer. We're always trying to go back to the source because that's where when you, when you manipulate the source, it, it, it can create an error and then you just, you functioning, living off a whole era. So when we talk about purpose, I already think about going back to the source and we know fathers are the source. And so when we talk about identity crisis in the black community, if you look at the stats, you see a lot of people are without fathers, their source. And even some that have 
fathers in their life, they're fathers without vision. And we know without vision, the people cast off restraint. They, 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 they go another way. And we understand that if a source is uprooted, and if we go look into history and look into the dollar bill, that's my number one thing, <laughs> because the uh, root of uh, all evil is money, and greed is one of the biggest things. So when you start tracking down the dollar, where money, who getting the money? You find out that fathers were uprooted out of out of those uh, out of those communities because they wanted to make more money doing other things and want other people to depend on government to take care of them. And so when we go into identity crisis, we have to go all the way back to before slavery because we were cut off from our families, we were cut off from our culture, we were cut off from uh, uh, anything that was attached to us. We were cut off and they tried to rebrand the mindset. And unfortunately, it wasn't dealt with. So we have generations upon generations that are a result of people doing something to a certain group of people and not fixing it. You know, reparations was one. We talk about resources. Because we don't have resources, we didn't have the resources. It, it, it cut off a lot of things that could be helpful to us today. And a lot of people have to understand that when Black people were, went through the, the tragic era that they went through, and then you just disperse them into society and say, just go do what you want to do, you know, go make a life. But you didn't give them any resources. You didn't deal with one of the biggest things in the Black community. And I think that'll help with this issue is mental health assessments. A lot of black people, they didn't get mental help for the, for the tragedy that they went through. And it was passed down from generation to generation. So we're gonna have an identity crisis because first of all, we uprooted the fathers. So we, we uprooted the fathers, we uprooted resources, and then we manipulated them using media and, 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 and dispersed them back out into society. So the issue at hand that we have and the solution that we need to do that we have to that problem is what uh, Minister Octavian said, is we have to go back to the source, to the manufacturer. Um, I also listened to uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, powerful teachers. One of my favorites, other than Dr. Larry, that's my dad there, so that's, that's my favorite teacher there, but um, he, he, we're taught to go back to the manufacturer. When you understand the purpose of the product, then you understand its use, it's the, the vision for that product. And so that's one of the issues that we're looking at in order to bring that, to re-identify ourselves, we have to go back to the original from the source and we get our answer from the source. Then once we get our answer from the source, then we can correctly you know, find our way back to doing what we're supposed to do. So that's just kind of what I, want to touch on on that. I'm going to let uh, the pastor, Pastor Anderson, wrap it on up. Yeah, uh, I mean, everything you all said, is, you know, I'm in agreement with. Um, as far as going back to the original source, because um, that's where you find out, I mean, like y'all keep saying what the what we're supposed to do. And without understanding the original intent, original idea of the precept, then you will never get the um, the concept, you know, the, the, the conceived idea, you, you know, what is it that um, this product is supposed to do, designed for the plan is supposed, you know, is supposed to carry out, you know, 
I know Octavian brings up analogies like the like this all the time, but you don't use a phone as a hammer. A phone was designed, you know, to to talk through. So what a lot of people are doing, they're abusing uh, who they are. Um, and that's because they don't know what they were designed to do. And you have a lot of people identifying or, um, yeah, uh, defining themselves by the clothes they wear, the shoes they wear. You know, I, I didn't know people were in their 30s and 40s still trying to get the new J's, but, you know, they are. Um, and I mean, you know, we talked about, I talked about cosplay, people define themselves in that. And it's so many different things or aspects of, you know, uh, I know some people, older people that still watch sports, you know, they, they talk about their team, this my team, this my team. And, you know, they define themselves and their team. That's all they about. You see their vehicles, their vehicles, Steelers, Green Bay Packers, they got it all decked out. Just a, a free self-promoting uh, for this NFL team. So it's a lot of stuff. Uh, that you see today that shows that we have identity crisis in the world. And, you know, a lot of people grab and what it really is, it, you know, like they say, it's a part of the family because you have Elohim who, where we get our, uh, who is our source and where we're supposed to get our ideas from. Then you have the father who is also the source, but the, the father in the family is supposed to be a reflection of what Elohim is to, you know, to us. And the father is supposed to display, you know, that leadership is supposed to uh, uh, have that uh, that love. Ahab, he's supposed to uh, be a reflection of the father uh, in the earth. That's what a father is supposed to be. And that's where the family is supposed to draw the, the, uh, their, really, their, uh, they're supposed to copy the father, the, the way he acts, his attitude, uh, the, the way he thinks. That's what's supposed to happen. But, you know, really the biggest problem, I like say, in Black America, you know, you only have well, it's a very low percentage now of fathers that you have in the black community. And, you know, the reason we deal so much with the black community, because number one, we are black. So this directly affects us. Uh, number two, I mean, even just looking at it in the kingdom, this is a problem in our country in America when it comes to black people in America. I mean, even, you know, if I, if I were not uh, black, I, this would probably be something that I would deal with because if you're looking at it, this is a crisis that affects our, you know, uh, brothers uh, or, or fellow believers. You know, this is something that needs to be dealt with because this is the, the way that the father intended us for us to live was to have a family. You know, uh, the anointing resides in a family. And that word mishpaka, you have the word anointing. And Dr. Larry does extensive teaching on that. Um, so that's the problem, you know, Demetri said. Uh, a family without um, a father, you know, they cast off restraint. They're, they're drawing their identity or they're getting their uh, information from a, a source that is not of the father. So the information that they're getting or the what they're attaching themselves to is uh, really defining, they're allowing it to define who they are. And I was kind of like Octavian to where, you know, I, I did play basketball. I mean, I, I did a lot of stuff growing up, but I still felt like I had no purpose, no identity. Like he said, uh, even working in, you know, I'm in IT, but I always felt like what they call, I had imposter syndrome. Like, am I really supposed to be here? I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I'm not, um, I'm not designed to do this. I feel like, you know, what I'm doing, anybody else could do this. You know, those are the thoughts and ideas that I had. But really, that's a trick of the enemy because he doesn't want you to know who you are. If you know who you are, you can carry out the plan that the father designed for you to do. 
Um, you know, even when it came for, you know, me uh, teaching or speaking the word, sometimes I feel like, well, I didn't do good enough. I didn't do this well enough. And well, what really helped me with that was uh, Dr. Larry. Dr. Larry talked, you know, talked to me. You know, he talked to the really the partners. We just talked about confidence and being confident in who you are and knowing whose you are, who you belong to. You know, we draw um, our confidence in knowing who the father created us to be as ambassadors and what we were here to carry out to do. So, it, you know, there are stages of development, even as us being young fathers, there are things that we're still learning. So you, you don't be so hard on yourself that you don't allow yourself to grow because we know just like children, children grow. We know just like plants, you plant a seed, it grows. So we know that there's a growth and, uh, and development stage. So um, in that identity, I'm growing in who I need to be and uh, who the father designed me to be. I mean, I'm already there, but in order to carry out the plan, that's what I'm growing, I'm maturing. So um, that, that's all I have. And I know we're out of time. Um, anybody want to lead us out? I'll pass to you, you know, you can say it all <laughs> that need to be said. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pastor John, before I leave this out, did you have any final comments or anything you want to say? Again, it was just a privilege to have met Demetrius, Octavia, and you, Brother Anderson, and uh, I'm really excited about the information that I've gotten. Uh, on next Sunday, I would like to continue on with this father uh, identity crisis that we're dealing with here because uh, on today's topic on my platform, we're going to be dealing with uh, the particle father. And so that's going to be a very great subject today. But once again, I want to thank you guys so much for giving me the opportunity to uh, meet you all. And I really am excited and, and grateful to have uh, been in this dialogue on this morning. Are we grateful that you're on here, Pastor John's with us? Well, I mean, uh, it's just a, a humbling experience to know that, you know, you're a seasoned pastor, uh, have been appointed as an apostle. Am I correct? Amen. Yes. So just to be able to, uh, you know, be able to have you come on or want us to come on with you, you know, we're grateful for that. And like he mentioned, his ministry is, is New Wine Ministries, and we belong to Empowerment of Faith Kingdom Center for Ambassadors. Um you can check out our uh, ministry's YouTube page, at EOFKC, uh, and that's where we've really been able to be shepherd and, you know, want to extend the opportunity to everybody else that they can also come to EOFKC and, and get the same type of teaching that we're getting on the YouTube page. And if you all want to catch um, Pastor John's discussions, which he explained the kingdom message and, and do more discussions like this, uh, it's New Wine Ministries on uh, Facebook and on YouTube is Carranza John's. Um, you'll see the, the same type of teaching. So um, we thank you all for just being here with us and Shalom. Shalom.